True stories of history's forgotten detectives from across the 20th century. This is Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater! Protecting and serving. Not always a game of glamour. For every high-octane speedboat chase or celebrity smooching scandal, officers of the LAPD must answer any number of noise complaints, domestic disagreements, clown attacks. And that's what has junior detective Jim Buckles ascending the beautiful marble staircase at the offices of Muhammad, Finkelstein, and Schisms to the legal lair of one Fiona Kingston and the harrowing sight of an obstinate elderly gentleman. You vacate on the occasion you make too little of sense, you fussy hussy. Hiding behind your fancy law books. That's a uh, book once. Didn't care for it. Excuse me. Oh, God's sake, the fuzz. Why does it take you an hour to show up and the neighbor's cat's on my lawn, but I raised my voice for 30 seconds in a lawyer's office and presto. There was a call about a disturbance? That's right, I'm disturbed by her, dang it. Now arrest her for being a bitch. That law was repealed in the late 60s. Ahem. <clears throat> At present, Mr. Griffin has been asked to vacate the premises 14 times, sir. I ain't budging. That fortune is mine. No more nonsense, you fussy hussy. You give me my goddamn fortune right goddamn now, goddamn you. Quit being difficult. I feel it's also pertinent to note Mr. Griffin has referred to me as a, quote, fussy hussy, unquote, 27 times in the last 33 minutes. Mr. Griffin, I assure you, I always cross my T's and dot my I's. If you'll follow the line of succession, since your wife... <laughs> wife? My cheating succubus? Say, officer, solve this riddle. You find out your wife's been making time with another fella. So much time that when he dies, he leaves everything to her. But she disappears. Now who deserves that fortune? Well, I guess it would depend. Holy Jesus, you're one of them! Under the particular stipulations of Matthew Barber's will, the next individual in line for the inheritance is your nephew. Her nephew, not mine, that little pissant. You bet he knew the whole time. This doesn't have to get out. Bet he stood by the bed, kept him hydrated. More unpleasant, sir. Why not take a walk, clear your head? This ain't over, Fiona, you fussy hussy. Twenty-eight. The law is cute, but fair is fair. I had to put up with that skank for years. That fortune is mine. You requested me specifically, miss? You have a reputation. For prompt response. What was all that about? I'm representing the estate of Matthew Barber. He evidently pursued a relationship with one Gladys Griffin. His will was recently amended to name her sole heir, but Gladys has disappeared. In this case, the will namely circumvented her husband, who you just met. The estate now falls to Terry Shep, Gladys's nephew, an employee of Matthew Barber. That's a brain twister. The law is clear as day. I like the law. While the layman sees red tape and circuitous procedure, I see a language for which fluency means no uncertainty. I'm partial to a little procedure myself. Do you happen to have Terry Shep's number? The nephew? Why, right here in front of me on a piece of paper I can give you right here. Why? Procedure, ma'am. Just crossing my T's and dotting my I's. His history with mystery has given Jim Buckles a certifiable sixth sense, which tingled tantalizingly all the way back to the station. But it's four days later, as Detective Buckles is wrapped in the heavenly embrace of demanding paperwork, that Terry Shep's arrival is announced in the most unlikely manner. <laughs> That's Thompson, all right. Now forensic friend from out front, do friend. Hiya, Chief. It's no handshakies. <laughs> this is blood and some of it's mine. That's it. You even nailed a thousand-yard stare. Ah, here we are. 
Good morning, Chief. Okay, do Buckles. Without much to go on, I think... I think it would be somewhere down here. You hear that, Buckles? Oh, he's got your number. Hey, do me. Mm, yeah, that's too easy. You already just sound like me doing a different voice. Ah, you lucky devil, Buckles. How did you get this golden goose to lay in your lap? But Terry Shep, how do you do, sir? Morning, sir. What do you mean, Chief? Buckles! I assume you are aware of the televised program Sappy Bum de Do Worm? Should I be? Ah, I knew he'd be wasted on you. Terry is the star of the show. They call it children's programming, but I say good comedy is ageless. Mr. Shep, give Buckles your statement, but I expect you and an 8x10 glossy in my office after. I'm afraid I'm not familiar with the work, Mr. Shep. That's a relief, actually. It's an animated program. I'm a vocal performer. This is about Mr. Barber's will, isn't it? Routine follow-up. Just trying to get a handle on the situation. Well, I don't blame you. The whole thing's pear-shaped. I'd no idea about Aunt Gladys's and Mr. Barber's uh, relationship. And now Mr. Barber's dead, Gladys has disappeared, my uncle wants to kill me, and my livelihood is kaput. I want my job back. It wasn't glamorous, but it was a reason to get up in the morning. On the plus side, you're in line to inherit... But I don't want it, Mr. Buckles. I don't want any of this. It's an arbitrary byproduct of Gladys's final flip of the bird to her horrid husband. I'm even in line for that awful fortune. Now the whole cast of the show is out on Skid Row. Why not just use the money to reopen the studio, get everyone their jobs back? Matthew Barber was the soul of that place. I'm all thumbs when it comes to creative work. I was happy being a parrot. Now what? Is turning my hair gray, but Miss Fiona Kingston, uh, the executor of the estate, is exacting about the stipulations of the will. Yeah, I liked her too. Still, something's not sitting right. You're telling me... I feel I'm caught up in something seedy and distasteful. How did Mr. Barber die? Well, he was 94. I think we all assumed he died from that. Uh, I guess I never got the official statement. Mr. Shep, I'm going to give this a second look. Oh, that would be wondrous. And you've really never seen a single episode? Not one, sir. Mr. Buckles, I like you more all the time. Good day. But just as Jim Buckles is about to return to his beloved paperwork... Not one episode of Sappy Bum the Dewworm, Buckles! That's downright Hindenburgian! How fortunate you are that I shall accept the burden of your education! They play reruns Friday evenings. Come by El Casa del Jefe. I'll show you what you've been missing. I don't really... You are welcome! You see, Terry plays Douglas, owner of the eponymous Dewworm, who is in turn played by someone rubbing a balloon with a wet finger. What is a Dewworm? They never say. Sappy Bum is always causing mischief for Douglas's neighbor Greta, and Douglas is stuck cleaning up the mess. A timeless fable and comedy gold. Who was assigned to the case? Uh, Powell and Fran, but the pertinence of that information to the current threat of dialogue... Hey, wait a minute. You got that stick in your nose where she ne'er to be stick look on. Irene, get Forensic Fran to meet me in the lobby. We're taking a ride. Buckles, if you're about to go off half-cocked on another cockamamie Hitchcocky and Hunchcock... You said Friday? I'll make the crab cakes. And maybe some of those little shrimp thingies. At the now-defunct Tally Barber Productions, Forensic Fran and Jim Buckles are met by a twitchy former intern now helping strip the building. She leads them to Matthew Barber's former office and the site of his death. Okay, through here. Mind the end table. I'm just going to...
gonna tuck myself here in the corner in the shadows, real quiet. Oh yeah, it's all coming back to me now. Matthew Barber. Good facial structure, but his appendix was a joke. Focus on the facts, forensic Fran. Cause of death? Terminal oldness. He was on about a million medications. He OD'd on one. That didn't strike you as suspicious? <laughs> You're kidding. Oh, time to take my pill. Gulp. What was I doing? I don't know. I'm old. Oh, time to take my pill. Medication kills way more people than it helps. Sometimes they take so many they can't digest them all before they kick it. That's when Mama gets a taste. How many in Mr. Barber? 200. That didn't strike you as suspicious? Full disclosure. By the time I made my report, I kind of had to write 14. Fran. I know. In my defense, it takes like 50 to get a buzz on these days. Well, I'm not seeing anything else suspicious. The only object out of place is that end table in the hall. Yeah, that was probably in our report under, I bet this little detail has no relevance to the case or something. Sorry, that came out sarcastic. You and Pal need to up your paperwork game. I think we're done here. Sorry to trouble you, miss. No trouble, but let's go. Quick. Medication, forensic Fran. Hard to come by? Over the counter, why? I think someone fed him those pills. But it could have just as easily been Gladys or Terry. Holy moly, what a scoop! Sorry, sir. I don't mean to. It's just... I knew Terry when he worked here. I can't see him being mixed up in this. It's all conjecture. Off the record. For what it's worth, Terry Shep was a total saint. Not like that Gladys woman. Horrible. Here we are. Thank you, officer. I just wanted to... Thank you for your service to our community. As the young lady gives Detective Buckle's hand an awkward shake, he feels a piece of paper pressed into it, which he quickly pockets. Oh, you too, miss. Whoops. No handshakies. This is blood and some of it's mine. <laughs> yeah, my money's on Gladys. Know why they haven't found her? Stone Cold Trail. No records. Like a professional disappearance. Why trick Barbara into amending the will if you're just going to skip town? Fair point. Swire so the detective. Also, I'm pretty drunk. Jim Buckles and forensic Fran spend the ride back to the station lost in thought and the foggy aftermath of an indiscriminate substance abuse binge, respectively. It's only when Detective Buckles is alone that he checks the paper secreted into his hand. 8 o'clock, 49 Rotary Crescent Street, apartment 619. Come alone. Tell no one. The buzzer's kind of messed up, so you have to jiggle as you press. Not jiggle, then press. Jiggle and press. Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater will be back after this. Next week on the adventures of Sappy Bum the Dewworm, Douglas is asked to officiate the Town Lawnmower Derby. Oh no, I've slept in. I'm going to be late. Dewworm, did you eat my alarm again? <laughs> I guess this is what it's like to be caught between a clock and a yard race. That was terrible. Holy crap. Tune in next week. And now, back to the show. Following a mysterious note leads Jim Buckles to an apartment door and an ominous feeling in his authentic policeman's gut. Miss? Were you followed? I don't know. I didn't check. Come inside. Hurry. I'm in a tizzy, detective. An absolute tizzy. Please, you must protect me. I'm afraid for my life. Just start from the top, miss. Rita. Just Rita? Just Rita. No last name? No. Well, that's a little odd. Not particularly. 
Okay. Rita. Now who or what? Promise. Promise to protect me. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. I'm positively in a tizzy. You mentioned. Why do you think you're in danger? Let me get the photos. I was a publicity intern at the studio, but that was supposed to be a stepping stone. My dream is to be a journalist, so when I saw, well, it was like a reflex. I just started snapping photos. Shaw, what? Mac Barber and Gladys Griffin making nice in his office. I know it wasn't ethical, but what a scoop. Mr. Nice Guy himself, king of kids programming, getting mushy with a married woman. At least, that's what I thought I was seeing. These were taken after hours from the hallway outside his office. What's she feeding him? Pills! And if I hadn't read out a film, I could have taken 200 of these. If you have photographic evidence of Gladys Griffin overdosing Matthew Barber, why didn't you come forward earlier? I tried. I gave them to that other officer, Powell. He just stuffed them in a pocket. Damn it. When will people learn the importance of properly filed paperwork? Besides, I was afraid. I still am. Of what? She saw me. I swear, Gladys looked right at me and I hightailed it. And then she disappeared, and ever since, I've been looking over my shoulder. But you, you'll protect me, won't you? If there's any danger to your safety, the LAPD will... I don't want rhetoric, detective. I want a big, strong man to make me feel safe again. Unfortunately, that's not a service we provide. I'll need to take those photos into evidence. Please, if it'll get that woman behind bars. But just stay a little while. I have wine I could open... Slip out of the uniform for a minute. I don't have a change of clothes. I know. Good evening, miss. Replete with darning evidence, Jim Buckles prepares to amend the official report. But before Penn can touch paper, he's whisked to a prior engagement that had nearly slipped his mind. More shrimp thingies, Buckles? Or does your whistle need a whet? I've decanted from my stash of owl's roost rye all the way from Canada. Thank you, Chief. Outside the context of your deplorable job performance, Buckles, I find you verge on... Uh, tolerable. Let us make with the small talk and pleasantries, as is tradition. They, uh... found Gladys yet? Not yet. I'm just glad I followed up. Truly, we must be as bloodhounds with transplanted Hawkeyes. I heard you once exhumed someone so they could stand trial. In this story is only marginally apocryphoid. Everyone thinks the charge was murder, when in truth it was indecent exposure. <gasps> Buckles, the TV! Here it comes! Oh, dear worm, what have you gotten into this time? You've dug up Greta's prize petunia patch. Now, however, will I explain this? <laughs> petunia patch! Genius! Douglas, your filthy animal has gone too far! Gerald! Gerald! Gerald is Greta's husband, and he himself has no love lost for dewworms. Dang it, Douglas, that fussy hussy of a dewworm is a town nuisance. Now let's all calm down. Quit being difficult. I'll calm down on the occasion you replace every one of those prize petunias if you have to grow them yourself. Fair is fair. Oh, no. Come along, dewworm. We'd better start planting. Hold on a second. Oh, here comes Rachel, the town reporter. She's always looking for a scoop. And you better believe the antics of that rambunctious dewworm always end up on the front page, Buckles. What's the story here? Why, Greta, you look like you're positively in a tizzy. The back, back up. That dastardly dewworm has plowed through my prize petunias. 
Holy moly, what a scoop! Oh, Rachel, please don't put Sappy Bum's embarrassing antics on the front page. Sorry, Douglas. It's like a reflex. I see a scoop like this, I just gotta snap some photos. We'll be the laughing stock of the town. What do we do, Dewworm? <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> Easy for you to... Mwah! Sublime! This calls for a shrimp thingy. Chief, I have to go. But the best is yet to come! Wait till you see what happens when Douglas tries to grow his own petunias! It's a Lovecraftian nightmare! This can't wait. Yeah, forget it. Thompson is better than you at watching TV anyway. Hello? Thompson? Are you... The petunias? I know! The next morning, Terry Shep goes about his usual routine. A bowl of cereal. A glass of orange juice. A moment of quiet contemplation. But this morning, the latter is suddenly interrupted. Uh, Mr. Buckles? I I wasn't expecting you. Sorry to bother you so early, Terry. Just wanted to let you know that we've uncovered some new evidence. It appears as though your Aunt Gladys murdered Matthew Barber. Heavens to Betsy! Oh, do come in! I knew Gladys had her devious side. It could be downright mean, actually. Evil, even. Racist, too. Prone to sociopathic and murderous outbursts. But murder? We had a break in the case. Photos of Gladys overdosing Barber. That, along with her disappearing act. (gasps) So she planned to kill him for the fortune. But when she saw the witness, she must have fled. I assume. Have you tracked her down? Yep. Oh, that's too bad. You, 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 you did? I did. Nice theory, Terry, but I have a simpler one. I don't think Gladys ever planned on inheriting that money. In fact, I think so far everything has gone exactly according to plan. Am I right? Now, how would I know that? Because you are Gladys, Terry. Now, now hold on. You're also Gregory. And Rita. You can alter your genetic makeup at will to assume the form of anyone you want. I almost could have believed how nicely this wrapped up, but like you said, you're all thumbs when it comes to creative work, so you had to crib your personas from the show. I finally watched an episode. Now I understand why you were so relieved when I said I hadn't. This is a patent absurdity. You wooed Barbara as Gladys, and got him to change the will so the fortune would go to Terry. Not directly, too suspicious, but by creating a villain in Gregory in circumstances that would let it almost accidentally fall into your lap. You'd seem like an innocent in the whole affair. And to bring it home, you'd create photographic evidence condemning Gladys. Uh, Hold on, if I meant to be Gladys, then... Ah, the misplaced end table in the hallway. I knew that was going to come up. You set a camera on a timer to catch you as Gladys feeding him the pills. Then you fed me those photos as Rita. I guess you've got everything sewn up then, hmm? Not everything. When... I hesitate to ask... When you were Rita, why was it necessary to try to seduce me? What now, detective? Tell everyone those damning photos are of me? That'll go over easy as eggs. Terry, there's not much I like more than the feeling of puzzle pieces clicking together. That's so. In fact, I'd say just one other thing comes close. Paperwork. The power of procedure and red tape beats the best disguise. Terry Shep is you. The other bodies are cells. So to do anything official, say, filling a prescription, you need to be yourself. It only took checking a few pharmacies in the area to find this. Two hundred pills, Terry. Same number Franz now amended she took out of Barber. 
Dang. That's right, Dang. B- but you don't understand. That place was killing me. Having to go in there every day reciting that drivel. My life's work was the lowest common denominator of children's entertainment. I'm better than this. I can be anyone. I should be uh, doing the English dubs of award-winning foreign films off the top of my head. No, if you'll excuse me, sir, you should be behind bars. And I'm sorry to say, Mr. Sepp, but your show... It was actually pretty good. Oh, you're uncultured brutes, the lot of you. You've been taken in by the crass tomfoolery of that insufferable dewworm. Oh, dewworm, you will be the death of me. With Terry in custody, Jim Buckle settles in for some delicate rewrites to the official report. But distraction, it seems, is never far behind. So Douglas finally grows these perfect petunias. He calls Rachel to take a picture for the front page. He leaves Sappy Bum to water them while he shaves. But Sappy Bum sees a fennel bird, chases it, and leaves the hose running. By the time Rachel gets there, the garden is flooded. The petunias ruined. And you better believe it makes the front page. What's a fennel bird? They never say. So Terry and Gladys were in league, huh? The old aunt-nephew one-two punch, a classic of the genre. Lucky for us, Rita was there. Yes, where did Rita end up? Witness protection, Chief. Not even I know. Sounds like a closed book to me. Almost. Officer Fiona Kingston? Miss Kingston, it's Detective Buckles. Ah, yes. I heard the news. Congratulations, Detective. The rest washed their hands at an easy explanation. You followed through to a proper arrest. I did have one more question. Did you really call me specifically because of my reputation for... promptness? A white lie. I've been following your career with some interest, Detective. I came to the conclusion we're of like minds. How so? We both know that sometimes you need to dot your T's and cross your I's. Keep one eye on Mr. Shep, though. Something tells me it'll be tricky keeping a shapeshifter behind bars. And so we... No, that's not an and-so-we kind of moment. Come on, that's totally a dun-dun-dun moment. Julia, can we rewind and play that last line again? No. Well, can you just do it, though? This is going to eat away at me. Something-something, I don't know, shapeshifter, whatever, I'm a lawyer. Dun-dun-dun, thank you. The Adventures of Sappy Bum the Dewworm was written by Joseph Beebe. Jim Buckles was played by Leet Stetson. Chief, Gregory, Gerald, Terry, and Douglas were played by Joseph Beebe. All right. I hate it so much I want to hear it all again. Fiona Kingston, Rita, and Rachel were played by Nicole Biblo. Forensic Fran was played by Polly Fokayev. Greta was played by Grace Smith. With special guest star Leet Stetson as your narrator. Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater is produced by Joseph Beebe and Theater Doubletake. Duotang Chesterfield wants to know, can you do impressions of your favorite Duotang Chesterfield characters? Will you do it for scale? Aw, come on, man, I'm right here. Let us know by investigating us on the web at duotangmysteries.com. Oh, also, Sappy Bum was played by someone rubbing a balloon with a wet finger. Drop that in. Next time, 
C.A. Charles is on a crusade for justice when a resident of a North English village is put on trial for witchcraft. But this is a sheer mockery of justice. No, sir. Better. It's divine justice. The Trial of Euston's Fairgood on the next episode of Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theatre.